The Utes of Utah are back in the Rose Bowl. What do they need to do to get a win this time against the Nittany Lions of Penn State? Let's go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Lockdown Pack 12 I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your number one, number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts, and we can't start a show or end or have a show talking about the Utes in the Rose Bowl without my man JT Wistersill of Locked On Utes on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're a Utah fan, you want daily Utah content, make sure you go check them out over there. JT, it's that time again. It's it's finally here. We've been waiting. We've been waiting and now the Utes are, are back in the Rose Bowl. How you feeling over there in Salt Lake City? I can't even tell you how excited I am to get this going. I was just thinking the other day, college football is so interesting, right? Just about how long of a gap you have between these games and everything. We've just been talking about it for so long, and I cannot wait to play this one. I think it's going to be a great game. It's it's so It means so much to both teams. And what I mean by that was, you think about how many players opted out last year for Ohio State. They had two of their top receivers, and look, they had a great performance, but it just didn't it feel like it didn't mean that much to them versus you can feel both fan bases, both programs. It feels like they desperately want this win. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it all plays out in Pasadena on Monday night. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think there isn't an element of like, oh, this is a step down as it was for Ohio yeah. State a year ago to not be in the, the, the college football playoff. I think it's where they both want to be. But let's talk about what Utah needs to do to get into that that victory formation at, mm-hmm. at the end of the game, parade, circle, whatever you want to call it at, at the end. What do you think are the biggest keys for the Utes going into this game? Yeah, it is so much fun when you look at this game because if you think about it for Utah last year, it just felt like it was great for them just to be there. It was the first ever Rose Bowl. And this year, it's like, no, the expectation is you go in there and you get a win. And I think the best way they go about doing that is honestly as simple as Cam Rising being the best quarterback on the field. I really think it's going to come down to him versus Sean Clifford. These are two really good teams overall. I think defensively, they're both playing really good football. Obviously, the absence of Clark Phillips, third for Utah, and the absence of Joey Porter for Penn State are huge, but these are both defensive backfields that I still think are really strong without those guys and are going to hold up both these teams down their top pass catcher. And it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. So I really feel like it's going to come down to that quarterback matchup. I think whoever turns the ball over more is one of those games too, where some offenses look, they can turn the ball over and overcome it. That doesn't feel like the case with these two offenses. If Cam Rising maybe has a similar performance like he had against Oregon, where he tosses three interceptions, that's not going to be good for Utah. Or if Sean Clifford has a similar performance he had against Ohio State, where he tossed three interceptions. That's not going to be good. It's going to be really interesting to see. We know both these teams want to establish the run with the way Jaquindon Jackson has come on for Utah. And Penn State has a pair of freshman running backs that have been absolutely sensational this season. I think both teams will want to establish the run, but I'm really curious to see in those third and long situations, those got to have it moments, who's going to make the play to get their team the victory. And I do think it's going to be Cam Rising, but Sean Clifford is capable of making those kind of throws too. I think Cam Rising is extremely motivated to play in this game because he was in it last year. He, of course, played very well, wasn't in on that final drive, but Utah went and scored, right? That game was squarely on on the Utes' defense or perhaps a a lack thereof in in that particular outing. But is this going to be Cam Rising's last game? Like, is that the extra motivating factor that, that he has to play well? Because 
to me, when I look at these two quarterbacks, I, I think they're very similar. I don't think either is a high-level NFL guy mm-hmm. could oh, maybe yeah. make a roster. I think Clifford's arm is a little bit more lively than Cam Rising's in in that sense. But, you know, Rising could maybe make a roster somewhere. He's accurate. He's a leader. He's yeah. mobile. You know, he's got, a, he's got a couple traits. I think his arm leaves a lot to be desired in that department. But... I think when you're looking at these two guys, Clifford, who is also, I believe, playing his last college football game because he's been around he's for forever. I, I don't know, eight years, <laughs> <Yeah>. seven, <laughs> sixteen, something, something in that in that sort of range. I think you have a couple of guys who really do want to play in this game and play at at a high level. But both have had those moments, mm-hmm. haven't they? Where you look at it, you go, "What was that?" Like, yeah. And and they're both really good players. I'm not trying to disparage them. I'm yeah. saying that. Which one of those shows up? I think you're right. That that could ultimately end up deciding the game. But I want to talk about the ground game for, for a yes. sec. Because Utah, we thought they'd be a good running team all year. They have been. But it hasn't been exclusively Tavion Thomas. And, and that's not what we yeah. thought coming into the year. But that's certainly what it has been. Is this now a Utah team that is running back by committee? And, and are you okay with that for the Utah offense? I am okay with that because honestly, Tavion Thomas wasn't the best running back for this Utah team. There's a reason he's not there anymore. And I know he has a toe injury still, but it just, things didn't click for him this year. And that took a while for them to get going last year, but they really never clicked this year. And that was unfortunate. But unfortunately, by the time Tavion had kind of figured it, that we figured out that it wasn't going to work for Tavion was when Jaquindon Jackson really started to take off and became the lead running back. I mean, you're talking about a guy who started the going into fall camp. The talk of you basically Utah football was who's the backup quarterback, Bryson Barnes or Jaquindon Jackson. And I remember Jaquindon Jackson had this one run against Southern Utah. And actually to start last season, Utah had a Jaquindon Jackson red zone package they kind of played with. But Jaquindon ended up fumbling it. They went away with it. But every time he just ran the ball, you were like, that guy's special. You want to give him the ball. You want to give him more of those opportunities. And he's taken off. And with those more opportunities, has really exploded. We saw what he did in the Pac-12 championship game. Just seems like every game he gets a little bit better. He's coming back to Utah next year. Going to be a full-time running back, too. That's where he's going to really try to make his push to make the NFL. And I really feel like he's going to be the guy who leads Utah in carries this game. He's had an extra month of practice, too, which I think for most guys, it's like we're talking about an extra month just for them to heal up and get ready. I think for Cam Rising, that's really important because going into the Pac-12 championship game, I would say he was close to 90%, but you could still see he wasn't 100%. I expect him to be close to 100% in this one. I think for Jaquindon, every practice rep, since he's playing a, di- a position he hasn't played before, has totally changed. And yes, he's always been a quarterback who runs, but it's so different running in between the tackles and the physicality that takes the vision, the adjustments. And it seems like every game he's gotten better. Makai Bernard is also playing some of his best football right now. What he provides for the use as a pass catcher out of the backfield. In fact, the best pass he ever caught as a youth was in last year's Rose Bowl when he made an incredible grab. Now, he's more famous than last year's Rose Bowl, obviously, for what he was trying to do in coverage and failed to do, but he's made plays for the youths in the passing game, too. So I really feel like when you talk about those two guys, uh, whatever Jalen Glover is going to give you is a bonus. It feels like he's kind of been phased out right now, and these are the two main guys they're rolling with at the moment. But I, I do really like what the youths have in that one-two punch. I think the thing I'm more curious about is how this offensive line that has improved all season long, you had a lot of guys who some most most of them returning starters, but we're playing out of position or in new positions, continue to gel and get better against one of the better front sevens they've played all year. I mean, this is a very good Penn State defense. I know they lost their two best games, but those two games were against two teams in the college football playoff now. It's a very good front seven led by a young guy in Abdul Carter for the Nittany Lions. And I really want to see how is this Utah offensive line going to do getting to the second level? I think they can get that initial push on the defensive line, but can they contain those 
linebackers and make instead of three yard runs can it be six seven yard runs and the Utes really be effective on the ground it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and see if they are able to do it yeah what one reason I think this is a great matchup is both teams are very evenly matched the betting line reflects that by the way our friends at bet online have got this as the Utes favored by two points we'll tell you later why I or at least why I and I assume JT as well do like the Utes in in this game but both teams, I think, are good football teams. I yes. don't think they are great because Utah is a very good football team and Penn State is a very good football team, but neither one is great. It's why they didn't get into the college football playoff because yes. Utah should have beaten Florida, but they didn't. They could have beaten UCLA or Oregon, but they did not. But you shouldn't focus in on the negatives with these two teams. And I think the stage that they are setting is shaping up for a really great Rose Bowl. We'll talk about that after. I remind you that let's say you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks and a few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, especially on New Year's Eve, you think of calling for a ride, but you think, nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? Even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, lose your license, lose your job, total your car, kill someone. A lot of bad things can happen there. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. That still doesn't stop everyone, unfortunately, from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Guys, Uber and Lyft are so easy to use. They're right there on your phone. Just set it up. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. So, JT, I think this stage in this game is fantastic because of what the game means to these teams. And we touched on it a bit earlier, but I wanted to expand on it. Ohio State won the game last year, even though it did not mean as much to that team as it did to Utah. They just had an all-time performance from Jackson Smith and Jigba and C.J. Stroud, who went crazy on a depleted Utah secondary. But these are two teams that are good programs, really good, consistent winning programs. They've had coaches who have been there for a long time who want to get to this sort of game and who want to win this sort of game to legitimize their teams and their programs in the eyes of, of the rest of the college football landscape. And there's no better stage to do that on, right? Utah got a lot of respect last year in the national media landscape and with other college football fan bases putting up that fight and that game against Ohio State. I mean, they basically played them to a tie, right? Lost them in the last second field goal. But winning the game still does matter and still does mean a little bit more. And I think what could be so great about this Rose Bowl is that they are both in a position where they don't see this game as a step down or not reaching their goals. Sure, Utah had aspirations of getting to the playoff this year, but they still haven't won a Rose Bowl in their ever. It's never yeah. happened. They've won a New Year's Six slash BCS Bowl before, right, in that 13-0 season, but they have never won the Rose Bowl. And this one always means a little bit more. It is, as they say, the granddaddy of them all. I truly believe that when you talk about the guys like Cam Rising, Dalton Kincaid, obviously Brent Keithy lost to injury, but those that core group, there were 17 returning starters for this Utah team. So many of those guys came back to do something that this Utah football program has never done before. Now, I think the goal of that was a college football playoff at one time, but obviously that didn't end up working out for them. But now 
the, I think another thing they would, they were ecstatic to do and they talked about too, was they wanted was to get back to the Rose bowl and have an opportunity to get so close to college football immortality with the Rose bowl championship and to come up just short. I think it really left a bad taste in their mouth and it bothered them. I mean, so many Utah fans saw that as a win, I think, right. Just being there. It was gr- It was the, the best loss that Utah could suffer basically because like it, when you talk about a loss is never good, but like what it did for Utah's brand, it really felt like it was outstanding. It Cause was it was such a great game. It was exactly. such a great game. And yeah. so many people they watched like, like they belonged. They exactly. Like they exactly. Belonged, so many people didn't feel like Utah did belong amongst those kind of teams. So that's what's led to things like a national game, national televised game first week against Florida, which as you mentioned, they did, they did drop. And now going into this one, this is what it was all for. Cam rising, coming back, all these guys. It's such a great opportunity for Utah. And I know these players are excited up. They're ready. They're motivated. I think like, like they're still enjoying all the things you get with a bowl game. But I think even last year it was like, man, how cool it is to be here. And now it's like, we expected to be here. And now we expect to go in there and get a win. And it's going to be really exciting to see if they're able to do that because I no both teams are so fired up they're so motivated they want this so bad they've been just sitting waiting preparing for each other for so long too it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it all shakes out spencer and i have no doubt that cam rising and the rest of these guys are really fired up for this game yeah bowl games can often come down to which team is more motivated as i said earlier i don't think either side is going to struggle with motivation in this game because yes utah and penn state both as programs are capable of and would like to one day get to the college football playoff. That is a reasonable goal for both teams to have with their head coaches and their programs and the pedigree that that their schools have completely attainable. But you don't do that overnight. Rome was not built in a day, as they say. I mean, I I remember when, you know, Oregon kind of came on to the the national scene, even more so with Chip Kelly. That had been preceded by a lot of really high-quality winning seasons and punctuating it with a Rose Bowl victory, is very noteworthy. More so than any other New Year's Six. Not that winning a, you know, a 12th game for USC and, and getting a victory in the Cotton Bowl wouldn't be good for Lincoln Riley and the Trojans and, and you know, kind of punctuate what, what an impressive season they've had. It would. But in the Rose Bowl, it always means more because it's the, it's the greatest scene, it's the greatest spectacle in college football. There have been so many great games there that – you know, I'm glad don't get too caught up in all the in all the playoff talk. I'm, you know, a, a fan of, of the playoff, not expansion, but I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the playoff overall. But the Rose Bowl seems to be the one game that yes. we as college football fans are always able to look at and say, let's just appreciate it for what it is. And the last time Penn State was in this game, they yeah. played a thriller <laughs> with USC mm-hmm. and lost on a last second field goal. And guess what? That was a big time college football game. And it gave, although an illusion with Clay Helton there because he had Sam Darnold and things went downhill once he left, it gave that that feel of, oh, okay, USC is here again, and they are really good again. And it's it's a major step in the building block to building your reputation. I think it helps with recruiting, perception, all that stuff does does matter in college sports, at least in my view. No, it absolutely does. And this really is, you you hit right on the head, right? The one bowl game that it feels like it still has that value. Now, granted, a couple of guys still opt out, right? Like where I said, Clark Phillips talked about those Ohio State receivers last year, but this is not anyone, like if you're not a top, 
well, first round pick. We don't know exactly where Clark's going to land, but if you're not one of those guys, you play in this game versus a lot of other guys. They opt out of those other bowl games to your point. This one is special. Um, I was lucky enough to go last year to that one versus Ohio state. And just as soon as you step in, it just feels special. It's the field, the atmosphere, the scenery, everything about it. As soon as you step on the stadium, it just feels like a special place. It really does. When you're talking about just what makes college football so great, so awesome, just everything about it is really outstanding. It's why I think you, they call it the granddaddy of them all. It's why it's such a hot commodity. Still, you still see Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler get put on this bowl game. It's one of the few ones they, they call that's not a national championship or college football playoff bowl game in general, because it just means that much to everyone involved. It is special and it's huge for your brand. You mentioned that one for Penn State. They've continued to recruit at a high level because, hey, they've been able to show people, hey, you come to Penn State, you can play in Rose Bowls and obviously get developed because guys like Saquon Barkley back then were pretty good as well. But I think, too, for Utah, just this could mean so much for the future of their program and recruiting. It's already great that they're back-to-back Pac-12 champs. We saw the boost that could give them there. But then if you win a Rose Bowl, then it really feels like the next logical step is like, oh, there's going to be a 12-team playoff, which if there was 12 teams, they would have made it each of the last two seasons. But more than that, they could put themselves in an even better position to maybe even get in a chance to win the you know win the conference again host one of those games and really feel like you can make some noise in a college football playoff which i think this team has a chance to do in a couple of years based on the recruiting talent they've gotten i think some people would be like that's a little bit rich but they've been getting to reaching this point without even they, this is they had a top 25 recruiting class it's like the first time they've ever done that and they've been able to win conference championships when they get those kind of players who have those higher ceilings who's to say they like clark phillips by the way clark phillips high four-star recruit yeah, one of the I believe it's still the best one of the best recruits to ever commit to Utah. And now this is the best ever class like that. It's absolutely realistic that the Utes can continue to add that talent and put themselves in that position. And I think just a Rose Bowl is the next step in that. And it would be huge for this Utah team, especially setting themselves up for whatever the future of college football looks like. Because I just think if we do head to two super conferences, you're not going to want to leave out a team that's won back-to-back Pac-12 championships and the last true Rose Bowl with all the changes that are coming to the game. Yeah, Clark Phillips is, by the way, the highest rated recruit in Utah football history. And I, I'd say that guy has lived up to the billing. But Utah is going to be without him in this game, JT. They will be without Dalton Kincaid, who's unquestionably their top receiving target. Those are not small names to have opt out or guys who are good but not great. Those were arguably the best players consistently all season long. On, on each side of the ball for, for the Utes. So yep. let's start defensively. How does that void get filled for, for Utah, and, and what's your confidence level and who's stepping in? Okay, so the nice thing, I think, for the defensive side is that you're also Penn State being down Parker Washington, I think, is big. They're receiving yardage leader on the season. Now, I think they have other guys talking with some people within the Lions. They have other guys that feel confident stepping up. But, hey, guess what? I feel the same way about this Utah defense because I still think that's one of the best safety duos in the conference when you talk about what Cole Bishop can do inside the box and in coverage, and R.J. Hubert especially in coverage. I mean, we saw the interception he had against Caleb Williams, and, yes, Caleb Williams hampered, stared the receiver down, not a normal play he makes, but R.J. made plays like that all season long. Also, so when you're talking about the just the corners in general, JT Broughton has done a lot of good things on the outside. Zamaya Vaughn also has a ton of experience on the outside. He seems like the guy destined to be Utah's top corner this next season with the length and the things he is able to do. And then you get Sione Vaki 
in the slot, kind of that nickel corner. He's done a lot of really good things, uh, especially late in the season. I think about some of the plays he made in the Pac-12 championship game. He's the one who made the tackle where the, I can't remember if it was the running back or who it was. They originally didn't rule his knee down, but it actually was down. And in one of the big changing plays of that game was when USC, when they were up 17-3, went for it on fourth down. There was a holding, so it would have negated it anyways. But Vaki's the one who breaks up the pass there where Utah was just able to decline the penalty anyways and be like, we got the stop regardless, so we're good. So I do feel like for this Utah defense, I feel like that defensive backfield is still really good and still in a good position to get stops because there isn't one of those receivers that I'm like, there's not a Jordan Addison out there. And we saw Jordan Addison even crossed up Clarkville. is pretty good in the back 12 championship game. There's not a guy out there like that. So I do feel like this Utah defense can still hold this offense. This is not going to be like last year's Rose Bowl. This is not going to be record set teams flying up and down the field. I think it's going to be a much more even game. I think we're going to see overall a better played game, I'll say, because last year everyone was like, man, look at those defenses. They were terrible. I don't think that's what we're going to say out of this game. I think both these defenses are playing really good football right now. Utah has really figured out how to get after the quarterback. We saw what they did against USC with the different blitzes and pressures that Morgan Scali was drawn up. Mahmoud Diabate has really come on late as they have finally started using him as a pass rusher, and Samote Peppa's emergence has been absolutely critical. So I do really feel like defensively for the Utes, look, it obviously hurts anytime you're down who I'll say I think he's the best corner in the nation in Clark Phillips but I think this is a team that's not going to take advantage of it as much because you have other guys who've been starting along Clark Phillips all year long and the guy who's going to be getting those extra reps and Sione Vaki has been doing a ton of great things lately on the other side of the ball JT no Dalton Kincaid almost feels like Utah still has their identity but they lose a core piece of what they have done this year. It's power running game and it's play action. And Dalton Kincaid in the RPO game, in the play action game, he's been essential to, to what they've yes. done. What does the offense do without the best tight end in the Pac-12 on the field? Well, I think the one thing that helps Utah and gives me encouragement about losing Dalton, because it does feel like Dalton is such a massive loss in this one. I mean, everything you said is true. I he's been such a critical part of this offense all season. I think the thing that leads me to think like, okay, they can still survive without him and still move the ball and do a lot of those things was I look at the Pac-12 championship game. He was a contributor to that, but he was not, it's not like the first time he played USC. Dalton Kincaid, Cam Rising put the teams on their back. Good point. That was not the last one. It was a team effort. Yes, Dalton made some conversions on third downs that helped out, but so many other plays were made by the other guys too. It wasn't just where's Dalton. And in fact, the one thing I think might help Cam a little bit too with Dalton being out as crazy as that sounds is some of his, a lot of his interceptions on the season have have come with him trying to force the ball to Dalton Kincaid and him making a play. I think it was one of the critical ones against Oregon where Dalton. Was yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or Oregon had bracketed him. They brought a safety down yep. after the linebacker kind of, kind of chipped him and cam felt the pressure from the backside and was bailing out going to Dalton Kincaid, right? Because that's kind of his, his safety blanket. That's kind of his, his comfortable target. But now, now without that, is there a guy who pretty clearly steps into that role for cam rising? I'd say Devon Vele if he's good to go. I mean, this Utah team is always so tight-lipped when it comes to injuries. Devon was only healthy enough to return punts in the Pac-12 championship game. Devon has been the guy that Cam has looked to outside of Dalton all season long. But I really do think it's going to be a by-committee approach, kind of like we talked about with the backfield. I feel like so many guys are going to catch passes and make plays in this game, whether it is Money Parks, who had the huge third and 19 touchdown. Jalen Dixon had a big touchdown in the USC game. Thomas Yasmin, how on sensational has he been? The third tight end on Utah's depth chart coming into the season and going out there and making plays like that. I We've already mentioned Devon, too. I think Mikai Cope is kind of an underrated guy. I really feel like we're going to have a 
lots of different guys stepping up and making plays. And there's not going to be one receiver that goes for, I'd honestly be surprised if any receiver for Utah goes over a hundred yards. I'll say that. I feel like this is one where we'll have three or four guys though, go over 50 yards. Cause I think cam is going to do a good job spreading the wealth. And we're going to see a lot of these guys eat against, against the Nittany lines. Let's get to our predictions now, JT. I, I feel good about the Utes in this spot because I think the teams are pretty evenly matched, but there are just so many guys in that Utah team that were that close last year. And I, I'm not saying Penn State is not going to be motivated to get a victory here, but I I still think Utah has that extra level, that extra burst, that extra effort of of motivation because of how the game played out last year. I mean, they didn't lose the game. They were right. They were on the cusp of doing it again. And I just can't see Kyle Whittingham losing in, in that stadium two years in a row. I think both defenses will play solidly. I don't think it would be super high scoring. Oh, 31-27. I think Utah knocks off Penn State and just barely covers the two points. Yeah, it's a great spread because it feels like we're shaping up to have a great game, right? And I yeah. do think Penn State does a lot of things. I've had Penn State fans in my mentions all week talk about how cocky I'm being just because I'm basically <laughs> saying that Utah is going to win the game because, yeah, I don't know if you saw the title of the podcast. It is Locked On Utes, but, but any, anyways, <laughs> before I get going on that. And, yeah, I got all the Utah crap in my background. So, yes, it's not surprising who I'm going to end up going with, right? I mean, I got the hat on here, but I do just want to take it off just to make it official. Everyone can see how bald I am, basically. <laughs> put on. Uh, put on this one now, the Utah hat, making it official. That Yes, I think Utah is going to win this game. I think you are committing are- to play your football at the <laughs> University of Utah. <laughs> that change. I do think Cam Rising has an outstanding performance in this one. I think the Utah offensive line does a good job. Maybe Cam gets sacked once, maybe twice, but I think overall we're talking about, man, Cam was protected most of the game. I think Jaquindon Jackson has a good game on the ground. I don't see any Utah running back rushing for outla- anything outlandish like 150 yards in this one. I really think it's going to be similar to the Pac-12 championship game where Cam Rising got the MVP, but I really felt like everyone deserved the MVP almost. I mean, Morgan Scally, Andy Ludwig, the game plans they drew up, everyone contributing, making big plays. It felt like such a team win, and I feel like that's what it's going to be again. I think late in this game, I'm, I'll say uh, Cole Bishop, I think, will be the guy. Cole Bishop is going to get an interception, or one of these DBs is going to make a play and turn Sean Clifford over, and that'll be the turning point in the game. This is going to be a great back-and-forth affair, I think, but in the end, the Utes make a couple of those extra plays. Cam Rising plays the entire game this time and finishes out with a win for the Utes. I'm going to go a narrow Utah victory, 34-31. The Utes are Rose Bowl champs. Well, that's certainly what we're rooting for here on the show because the conference would love to have the Pac-12, you know, win the Rose Bowl again. That's always something that you would like to have, especially for one of the current remainders in the conference going forward. So I think it's going to be a great game no matter what. I think the point spread reflects that. This stage, the game reflects that. You're going to have a great crowd. You're going to have, you know, all all the pomp and circumstance of of the Rose Bowl, the parade and everything. But when, when was the last time the Rose Bowl was a blowout? I don't know either. I don't know either. It's just not how that works, and hopefully that's not the case tonight. Thanks to my man, JT Wistersill, host of Locked on Utes on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. JT, good luck tonight, man. I appreciate it, Spencer, and as always, go Utes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Appreciate everybody listening. I will see you next time, and have a wonderful rest of your day.